Hey there, this is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Today's episode is all about our emotions and the impact that food has on our moods. We start the session, and by the way, this is material that was covered in the Fired Up Mind Challenge session three. So we start out today defining what emotions really are and what causes them. And later we dive into the brain gut connection and those foods that affect our thinking, our emotions and our moods. And if you listen till the very end, you're going to hear a few of the participants during the challenge. They're going to share their takeaways from all this information and the session. Kelly mentioned something so important about the fear of expressing our emotions or freezing up, especially if it's with folks we know and love. In a way, I miss fully responding to her predicament. You'll hear what I said, but I would also encourage Kelly to begin reverse engineering to figure out exactly from where this fear is stemming. In other words, what's the root? What are the thoughts surrounding that fear? Admittedly, sharing our true emotions makes many of us feel quite a bit vulnerable because, you know, we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. We don't want to appear selfish and we don't really, some of us don't want to risk being rejected by them simply for being upfront and truthful. And sometimes I fall on the other end, oversharing my thoughts before fully processing them first in prayer. I'm still thinking about what you shared, Kelly. So let's keep pondering that. Well, later, April shares such a great life example of a pesky issue that she that she dealt with. You're sure to relate to her story of the battle between doing and saying what we want to do versus doing and saying what we don't want to do and say. Sometimes what we don't want to do and say seems to win. And finally, Julie brought to the discussion an excellent point about how to handle those troubling but real life scenarios and events that happen in our lives, which are negatively charged. I mean, anyone's going to feel sad, right? When someone says something that hurts their feelings. And we may even feel angry when we are wronged. We may feel scared if we get diagnosed with COVID. The goal of this lesson on emotions is not to somehow turn the situation to a positive or pretend that it didn't happen, things like that. The goal, and this is the real linchpin, it's to acknowledge the negative harmful event because it's our reality, but then to ask ourselves what God says about it. And that will give us the lens through which to find hope, life, and a new healthy direction. Plus, he will help us process the broad range of our emotions as we chat with him about it. So please stay tuned till the very end to hear to hear how these ladies and I hash all of this out together. And by the way, these ladies are just the best. The challenge really helped me to get to know them all a little bit better. And it was so much fun. So stay tuned. I'm glad you're here. theme verse for today sort of have two but this is the one we'll start with it's from it's Paul writing to the Corinthians in his first letter there to them and um, the section title is Paul's reliance upon the spirit and it is but we have the mind of Christ I love the word have here because in Greek the word actually is spelled like the word that we have for echo e-c-h-o so I kind of substituted that in there but we echo the mind of Christ the word have actually means to hold like a person is said to have intellectual or spiritual faculties endowments virtues sensations desires emotions 
affections, faults, defects, etc. And you you have those or you hold those. And then when it says the mind of Christ, the, the word mind there means a particular mode of thinking and judging. It's like our we have the thoughts, the feelings, and the purposes of Christ. And here's another scripture that comes in that that I think about even for today's lesson from Romans where Paul was writing and it's actually a section about government and he writes in the very last verse here to put on or clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts so often when we discuss emotions feelings and moods in our minds and brains there's circuitry or you can look at it as hard wiring that helps us to actually process how we're feeling and this verse is bringing into play that we have a little bit of a choice here because we're to make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust and this could i mean this is really essentially about self-control so we have we have control over of our minds in in many instances we certainly have control over how we respond when we're feeling a particular way or having a particular emotion so just kind of keep that in mind as the backdrop for for our challenge lesson today so i'm going to pray for us and if you'll join me father in heaven thank you so much for this day that you have given i'm i'm just going to rejoice and be glad in this day and i thank you for april and for julie and anyone who happens to stop by on in facebook for each of these individuals that you would um, help us to guard our thoughts, guard our heart, guard our minds, help us to discover what it really means to have the mind of Christ and to operate in, in through the Holy Spirit in, in ways that are healthy and bring us emotional stability. And I ask these things in Jesus name, amen. Yes. All right, so here is, um, kind of the first step in the whole process and that's first of all it's to recognize our emotions this sounds kind of easy but i'm surprised sometimes at folks who really don't know how they're feeling some psychologists psychiatrists they say okay they're basically six emotions this particular emotional wheel gives you maybe eight and if i don't sure if you can see but you've got joy and then sadness kind of you can look at those as extremes with a gazillion variations on the theme in between those otherwise you know those benchmarks there those extremes emotions are actually biological states that are tied directly into your nervous system so think your brain emotions may actually change obviously based on your thoughts your feelings your behavioral responses and the degree of pleasure and reward or the lack of it and again that's where we get back into um, self-control again and also when we think of emotions we may think of moods and temperament our personality um our general dispositions creativity even and motivation so emotions in our brains are generated in the what's called the limbic system so as far as brain components and the structure of our brain you might think of the amygdala maybe you remember that part of the brain from from biology class uh, years ago and the trick here is to actually recognize how we're feeling and that's the first step, just like it was when we talked about on Wednesday session two, recognizing what we're thinking about. What are we actually thinking about? And when we recognize how we're 
feeling and what emotions we're having, once we identify those, we may have to show a great deal of self-compassion and we can remind ourselves that it's certainly okay to feel. Feelings, emotions in and of themselves are not bad. They're not characterized as bad. There's not, they're not something that we should feel ashamed of. They're just conjured up and they're really God-given. God created us in his image. And we see in the Bible many examples of God the Father in the Old Testament showing uh, a lot of emotion and feeling and responses to certain things and then of course we we know Jesus also showed emotion and was expressive in his emotion and so it's okay to to feel and we don't want to feel guilty or bad simply about being and feeling and existing we can also show curiosity about our emotions it's another little skill or a tip that we can that we can begin to do as we start unpacking the emotions that we're having and basically we can say hey what is this feeling that I'm having saying about me or saying about my situation right at the moment? What's it telling me right now? For example, if we feel guilt as a parent, it may mean that we, let's say we feel guilty, you know, I'm just not, I, I, I'm not connecting with my kids. Um, but that may mean that we value, it shows us what we value. We value spending time with them. We, we desire the community with them. And so we can begin to say, why am I feeling, why, why am I noticing this feeling and why am I feeling this way? And often it's based on our values, what we really value. When Jesus overturned the money changers uh, tables in the temple, he was, he was expressing his anger anger, but what was the value that he had? It was that he valued righteousness and he valued respect for the things of God. You know, he wept when he arrived to see Lazarus or to at Mary and Martha's because his friend Lazarus had passed away. Why was he feeling that? Because he valued life and he valued the truth in that moment. And because he's actually the giver of life. So you, we can just begin to ask ourselves, um, recognize these emotions and then start asking ourselves, you know, why are we feeling, feeling these things? Some, you know, what is an emotion? What literally is it? I, I, I kind of gave you that definition a moment ago, but you need to know that our emotions kind of are secondary to thoughts. Sometimes they're hand in hand and they're, they go almost simultaneously, but many mm -hmm. neuroscientists nowadays will say that thoughts, our thoughts actually produce our emotions, which in turn produce our actions. So we're given a choice at some point or another, mm -hmm. whether we're going to act on the how exactly we're going to act on that, that emotion. So what causes emotions, those are just emotional triggers, we'll call them. And those emotions, um, you know, it, it could be sensory input. For example, we hear a rustling in, a, in the bush as we're walking along and we think, oh, that might be a snake. Okay. Or maybe we see a piece of cake, the senses, think all of the senses that you have, your bodily senses. We see a piece of cake and then, you know, we're like, mm, I know there's a reward on the other end of that possibly. Or maybe someone tells us a story and we empathize with what they're saying as we're, as we're just listening. Maybe we hear an old romantic song and it reminds me of some old, reminds us of some old boyfriend that we had, you know, lots of emotions are, are conjured up. Even when we do something like drive by our old neighborhood, like where we lived as a kid, where we grew up. So um, 
all kinds of things may trigger uh, different emotions, but they're stimming and working just hand in hand with our thoughts. This is a teeny clip. It's a two minute clip with um, uh, Dr. Susan David, and she's a Harvard psychologist. She wrote this book about um, going from emotional fragility to emotional agility. I've not read her book. I've just seen her, some of her presentations on YouTube, and I've heard her on several different podcasts that I listen to. And so here, what she's trying to express as they're dialoguing together is that emotions are just data. Think of it, if we strip it all away, we just say, okay, what are emotions? It's data. It's data, not directives. She kind of coined that phrase. Emotions are data, not directives. In other words, it's just providing, emotions provide information to how we're feeling, what our state of being actually is, how we're, re how we're interacting with our environment. It's just data and information. It's not directives. Just because we have a sad feeling doesn't mean we have to act on that, for example. We are, we, we, she encourages us to learn not to suppress our emotions or even to avoid them, but instead to process them. And a gentleman I like to endorse, and I think I could endorse at this moment, would be Dr. Timothy Keller. I love his work and his writings, and he, I've listened to a lot of his, uh, his sermons and messages on, on emotions and feelings and all of that. He does extensive study on the Psalms, which is the basis of some of my podcast in, in part because, and I chose the Psalms because they're so emotionally expressive. And his, Dr. Keller's, um, his um, admonition is for us to pray our emotions. And he, he shows illustration after illustration of how David does this in the Psalms. David prays through his emotions. And in the end, he always comes back around to, to doing what? Praising God and then um, giving thanks, rejoicing that God is who he says he is and that, that God is in control, that God um, he, David looks back to what God says about the circumstance that he's in, about what's going on in his life. Like, okay, somebody's chasing me to kill me, but what does God say about this? And right before this clip that I'm going to show you, they talk about Viktor Frankl. Do you know that name? He was, he survived the Nazi death camps and um, he described, Viktor Frankl described the, a powerful idea between the stimulus, between, you know, a trigger, something that happens in our environment and the response, that between the stimulus and the response, we have a little space. And in that space is our, our power to choose. And it's in that choice that lies our growth and our freedom. So for us, it's learning to have the ability to respond to what's going on around us, not react. And Again, we come back to that biblical principle of showing self-control. We have a sound mind, and so we get to engage it and use it. And we can, of course, ask that what we do in the gap as Christians is we ask the Lord, we seek him and ask him for guidance. We pray and we process it with God. COVID happens. The capital gets ransacked. All of those things, we have the emotional agility and ability to choose and respond and then take action based on our values and based on God's truth. What I gleaned from listening to the episode is she talks about those signposts like, like I was mentioning where we have we notice, and she uses that word. I love that because that's the awareness part of all of this. I notice I'm feeling this way. So, so 
what are my values and how am I going to respond? And for us as Christians, we would say, okay, I notice I'm feeling sad and depressed. And we begin that self-care. You know, we're kind to us. We don't get mad because we're feeling a certain way. And then we start analyzing and asking why and partnering with the Lord in the entire process. It's just so important. And here, um, speaking a little bit more, you know, both of those folks, Caroline Leaf, those, she's a neuroscientist. They're both neuroscientists and psychologists. That's the, they've made their life pursuit in studying the brain and neurotransmitters. Um, basically this is represents, they're the chemical messengers in our brain. And if you can see, you may recognize some of those chemical structures like adrenaline and serotonin, mm -hmm. endorphins, you know those, you've heard those, you know that foods can produce those in, in many instances. And basically the neurotransmission act is where the chemicals are literally, um, you know, going, crossing the gap, that synapse in our brain. And we want to have a healthy brain so that this communication can proper, properly take place. And there are foods that we can consume that not only help our brains to function and be a well-oiled machine, so to speak, but also that help us to control our emotions, our feelings, and our mood. These are the brain foods that can actually boost your mood. Now, he mentioned some of those in the video, but you know, you the fatty fish, and often we have to get those through supplements. So I take a little, maybe you do too, a supplement of uh, fish oil or krill oil, something like that. And then dark chocolate, 70% at least in cocoa, 70% ratio there, very low. It should be very low in sugar. You have, you have pr probiotics, right? And then prebiotics. So probiotics is that beneficial bacteria in your gut. And like the, and you can get some of that and keep that balance there with fermented foods. And then the prebiotics is a type of dietary fiber that actually feeds on the friendly bacteria in your gut. So it's a little, its own little biome, its little system there. And then oats, like you mentioned, of course, all the berries, nuts and seeds, coffee, even decaf helps, and then beans and lentils, legumes, and so forth. Now we kind of get into the meat of where we start applying this in our lives and we're coming full circle, full circle to what our role actually is in all of this, because we want to operate with self-control and really in every area of our life. So now we get to, this is the point where we get to choose our response. We're, we're, we recognize that we have a need, a desire, maybe a fear or a threat. You know, it could be the snake wrestling in the bushes or our need, maybe we're, maybe we're, you know, hungry, maybe we're tired and all of those sorts of things. Or maybe it's a trigger of an emotion that we're going about our day and we feel happy, go lucky, lucky, wonderful, blah, blah. But then suddenly we dip and we're like, well, what's going on here? And, and then we get the, that little time to choose if we're going to reach out and get some kind of reward. Maybe we're looking for comfort. Maybe we want pleasure or whether we're just going to avoid the issue altogether, whatever that external is that's going on or whatever that, you know, how are we going to respond to that actual um, trigger? And what I'm proposing here is that just a few quick tips to deal with the emotions. 
And to operate with that renewed mind is number one, as we said, recognize the emotion, pause and reflect about that emotion. Ask yourself why you're feeling that. See if you can kind of dig a little deeper on that. And it may be that you're feeling tired because you've just worked 10 hours straight and you're just exhausted. I mean, it could be something so simple as that, but you need to assess what your bodily needs might be at that time. And then um, pray and then choose your response. And I've got this little guy, this little brain lifting weights, because this process is, it sounds so simple when we look at it on this slide, but essentially it requires a great, it requires exercise, discipline, and a whole lot of, of practice. It, it just doesn't come naturally to us, but thank goodness that that we can learn to process our emotions in healthy ways and better understand them. We can show self-care. We can be curious about, uh, about why we're feeling what we're feeling. And we, we remember that we do get to choose. And you may be thinking, hold on, this takes way too much time. I just can't do this. Well, I know you're right. It does. It is a discipline. It is something that you have to exercise. If you want to really be healthy, remember on session one, we talked about the 10 things that you need to do to really have health holistically in, in all kinds of ways. We're only focusing on two here on, you know, on your, your mind and your food intake really, but there are a lot of other things that you can do like exercise and so forth and stress relief those things take time and you have to choose to do those you have to be willing to do those and you have to believe that they're going to help you and for me that's what I've chosen that's kind of my story after I after I was dealing with that deep depression several years ago the Lord helped me to rise above that and then I had I found worth in that because I want to walk in health and wholeness I want to have self-control I desire to have the mind of Christ and to be clothed with his presence and these things didn't come naturally for me I had to really work hard and with God's help he of course he helped me the whole way through but I had to step in under submission to Christ under his yoke in life as we were going to do things. And as I was going to advance, I needed to be under his yoke. And I was motivated because the word tells us that his yoke is easy and light. And that's what I wanted in my life at that point. I needed something easy and light because what I was doing on my own just wasn't, wasn't working. It was really worth it to me. And here we have quick tips on dealing with your moods. It's kind of the same thing in a way. How can you get a renewed mood? How can you, you know, uh, reassess your mood there and the first thing is you notice that you're having that dip maybe it is something you ate maybe it is your the the externals here that are that are coming into play but you can also um you know always be prayerful about these things and then there are a few other tips that you can do i was reading an article um yesterday and it's called why your brain prioritizes instant gratification over long-term goals according to science and i think she quotes this is melissa chu i don't know who she is or anything i just found her research compelling and she quotes a, a research out of princeton university and this was actually written in 2017 i think and anyway she says that there are two areas of the brain 
one that's associated with emotions and the other with abstract reasoning. And so it's at that point where our emotion and our reasoning start butting heads that you and I need to show a little bit of self-control because the emotional part of our brain is what responds positively to instant gratification. So when we, we can see the cake and eat it now or broccoli, um, oftentimes we're going to say, mm, let's go with a cake because we know there's something that there's a reward in that in the sense of it's gonna, it's gonna uh, send those chemicals to our brain very quickly. And, um, and then she also speaks in the article about how, how our brain, how that, that emotional versus the logical side, how they're kind of competing. And you might say the fleshly side, you know, the, the less side that we have with our reasoning side and but you and I know and she doesn't mention this but you and I know that we have the spirit that we can invite into our scenario to help us with when those things are kind of battling within us when she speaks about managing your environment she says that um, for example you and I can we want the foods that are pro proper and nourishing and healthy for our bodies if we have Twinkies lying around and if we have candy all over the place and we if we have instant processed foods in our cupboards um, then our eyes which is a part of that sensory uh, you know the sensory relationship our, our optic nerve has has a greater um, influence in the brain some people would say than all the other nerves coming in because it's you know it's just right there right there next to our brain and so forth and and so we see those things that that can be a trigger for us just through visually seeing them. So if you chose in this challenge to to have better brain health, then that would involve ditching all the junk. I know I've done it in my house, although right now there's a package of Oreos on my table. Kroger was giving me this free, right? I'm not going to eat them, but I'm having my, some of my kids may want them or eat them. Generally, I don't offer that to them, but, or I try not to. We do fruit smoothies or other kind of things, but it's not like, you know, these things are horrible all the time. We just do that, do it occasionally. But I, in general, I've eliminated all of those foods that are triggers for me or that do something in my brain chemically that have an adverse effect for my emotional well-being and my moods. And I need all the help I can get to just be stable and have the, the clarity of thought and mind and focus that, that are such a privilege for me to have because I have the mind of Christ. So I want to operate with that. I know this is, I, I think this is making sense to you. I hope so. When she speaks of tending to our basic needs, she's, that's what we talked about. Are you, how are you really feeling? Are you maybe feeling a particular way or be you're in a mood because of something that's going on? Maybe you're tired. Okay. Um, tie emotion to your goals and the lust of the flesh kind of comes back in here. If we can, our emotions can easily overpower the logic or maybe what we know that we really should do and what in our hearts we want to do. Our emotions can kind of, you know, play the trump card on that. And so what we can do is begin to tell ourselves, re, redo what we're, our dialogue about being healthy. And we can say things like, you know what? I value a clear mind. I value optimal health. I'm getting stronger every day. That's something I 
tell myself a lot. I'm getting stronger every day. I love learning. I'm growing. I'm in all of this. Why? Just to benefit myself? No, because then I can, perhaps I can better serve the kingdom and be a kingdom influencer for God. And that's what I want to do as I operate in my God-given talents and, and gifts and so forth. I'm tying my emotions to my to my goals, that would be me telling myself that there's a positive reward when I deal appropriately with the triggers that I'm having, whether they're trigger foods or trigger um, emotions and feelings and, and that sort of thing. And then finally, just do it means you white knuckle it, means, you know what, I'm not gonna eat those, uh, those lemon Oreo cookies because that, you know, I'm just gonna white, I don't, I don't really want to, I'm not, super duper tempted by them now i might be if they were the chocolate ones maybe but um but it may be that we just we 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 well you know what this is the just do it is really self-control that's all that is it means we white knuckle it and we just say no i'm not going to do that because i value the reward when i take myself in this direction and then essentially we have a renewed mind we're renewing this renewing rewiring the circuitry of our very brains i think emotions are the one thing that i struggle with um in general i'm pretty calm and kind of a matter of see like a matter of fact kind of let, let's wait and see kind of person before I react but when it comes to something that I'm really passionate about or if somebody hurt me then I, I go into like I completely shut down and I know that's a part of me and something that I need to work on because I just I don't express myself properly I just I can't I, I freeze I um I just, it paralyzes me to confront my emotions with somebody. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think we could probably all relate to that. And one of the things I think that helped me the most, and I've said it a lot, is that I learned the, the technique of reverse engineering. And it's that, okay, right now I'm feeling this way. That's why recognition is just so critically important. So I'm feeling this way. So how can I trace this back to the thoughts that I'm having? Because some neuroscience says, as I mentioned, that it it's our thoughts that come first, then our emotions. And all this is happening like so quickly. And then we, we take action, we fight or flight, right? Those are basically what we, what we do. And flight could be avoidance or, um, or, we're, or we're looking for that reward somewhere that can be in there. There's a reward if we fight, I suppose, a reward if we, quote, reward if we, if we flee and or avoid. And what I found when I began to reverse engineer and start from the emotion, you know, why am I feeling so sad? Because I was depressed. And, and why was I this way? And once I began reverse engineering and coming back to my thoughts, I could, I have sheets of paper, just lists of toxic thoughts. They were lies that I was actually believing. And the weird thing that happened is that I could have one thought like, well, I must be a horrible mom. Just using that as an example, I'm a horrible mom. And, and well, why, you know, and you guys, why am I thinking I'm a horrible mom? Well, I'm thinking I'm a horrible mom because, you know, whatever this issue was that just came up. But then after I'm a horrible mom, it so quickly goes into um, shame, regret, um, other kind of thoughts like, 
I'm, I'm a horrible mom. I'm not taking care of my kids. I've ruined their lives. I've done things that are just so um, harmful. But the problem is, is that I rehearsed those and rehearsed those and rehearsed those, repeated them. I helped my brain. And I was in, you know, those circuitries were wired to where it was dominoes. I'm a horrible mom. Boom, 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 boom. Thought, 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 thought. It took me forever to, to pray through all those and write them down. And that's why journaling, I left that little clip where she's talking about writing and the importance of journaling for mind renewal, because you engage, you start engaging your brain. You start figuring out what those thoughts actually are and you get to the bottom of them. And our next um, session four, I think is about the roots and how do we get to the bottom? But a lot of it is the process of recognizing the emotion then going to the thought that you're having, and it may be multiple thoughts, and then going to the roots, and it takes time, and that's why I have the, the brain there lifting weights, because it's not, it doesn't come naturally to us, God helps us in that process, but we have to be disciplined, and, and focus on the reward that comes, which is health, and wholeness, and emotional stability, and that God has in mind for us. So does that make sense to you all? Or what are you thinking, April? I'm just taking it all in, trying to process it. I, I, a lot of, there was a lot of good things here. I was trying to take a lot of notes so I can go back and review, but um, the idea of the emotions and the reasoning butting heads, that light bulb went off because so I wasn't, um, articulating that way but so often I think why is there this disconnect between what I know I should be doing but I end up doing something else and that's that's probably exactly what it is and um, you know la last night it was so this very stupid issue I was trying to rewrap a cord and I couldn't get it and I started to my daughter even said something about I was starting to speak really negatively. It was something so stupid. And this, a lot of what you're saying, I immediately stopped and thought, oh, I don't want to be negative. And I told my daughter, you know, 80% of our thoughts are negative. <laughs> so I, I backtracked and I was like, okay, Lord, I'm thankful that I have this appliance. Help me, you know, figure this out. And, but anyway, just my immediate thought was this negative and I started speaking it. And so anyway, it's, this is all good. So, yeah. And you know what? You may have been especially like, quote, irritable. Maybe you were tired. I mean, I don't know what time of day it was, but you could have been fatigued. Um, perhaps you were, you know, your mind was on other things and it just became, you know, a little stumbling block for you in the second. I mean, the way this works together is just phenomenal. And, um, and, but now I can say, that I, I'm so much more in tune to my thoughts and emotions. And I'm so grateful that I am because when I notice that dip or I notice that, mm, and not, not that any of these things are bad. I tried to really enforce, it's not that emotions and feelings and are bad. They're God given in so many ways, but they're data. It's information that I want because I want to make sure that I'm processing that in a way that's healthy, that is going to revere God and that um, you know, engages the spirit as well. It's the surroundings, the externals that we, we actually have to respond to, right? Because they're right there. And how we choose our response is going to indicate whether we're going to be kind of emotionally healthy or emotionally at risk in, in a way. Um, 
and maybe, you know, COVID's a tricky example. And I like the way you put it, Kelly, we all are on so many different you know, we're on the spectrum of all of that, but no matter whether it's COVID or it's the, uh, you know, uh, a child that you have or a work environment, whatever the external stimulation is, whatever's going on, whatever that trigger is that's causing those emotions, there is that gap where we get to choose how to respond to that. And if we consistently choose the path and our brains are gonna help us because of the wiring and we just repeat the same old thoughts, the same old thoughts, the same old thoughts, then we've got to somehow, the good news is break out of that rut, rewire that and we do that through, through our thoughts which are very real chemicals in our brain and take up that emotional real estate. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't claim to really understand all of this. I've done an inordinate amount of work and study on it just because I was personally interested and motivated to do that. And, but that's given me a lot of hope because if, if I can have all, if I can do something with all these toxic thoughts, that's good news. If God can help me to, to focus on what he says about me what does he say about COVID what does he say about my work environment what does he say about my child and the scenario here and I can focus on those things instead then to me there's life and there's hope and there's there's freedom there instead of staying stuck in these these electrical circuits in my brain that are just wired over and again and it's just repeating the same it's just on repeat replay 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 and but there's hope and that's the way my brain was and if you could see all the what I call toxic thoughts that I that came out of my brain I didn't even know I had all this just like page after page after page after page after page and so when I had that first thought and I started with one of them and I recognize that thought, this particular thought is what I'm thinking. Why am I thinking that? I'm, what does that remind me of? What is that, you know, wh where's, I kept going down and down and down to get, to get the connections and associate as many thoughts with that one thought that I could, that cluster of thoughts, that can of worms that we talked about. And, and then I was able to, when I recognized that thought the next time, and it would come back, when I recognized that I was having that thought, then I was, no. I'm not going there, but I had to have a replacement. And that's what I call a truth lead. I had to use God's truth about the situation, not my own, my own thoughts. I had to try to, not that I know God's thoughts, but he gives us enough in his word, so many scriptures and verses that we could use as our truth leads. God has not given me a spirit of fear. That's what he says. So why am I fearful? Not that fear isn't a natural, normal, you know, reaction. If there's a snake, I'd be afraid and the cortisol would shoot to my brain. Okay. But just that general nagging fear and anxiety, that's not what he's given us. And he's given us fear. So we'll help protect ourselves. Yes. I don't want to get bitten by the snake. But if I, if I'm steeped in the fear, steeped in that emotion, stuck in that emotion, and it's anxious and he doesn't, I don't think God desires that for, for me or for you, for anybody, his children. He wants us to, um, you know, our, keep our thoughts and emotions on, on him, on things of heaven, not earthly things. So anybody else, any final thoughts here? What do you think about all that, Julie? I, I love Julie because she's, she's 
talk about a deep thinker. Yeah, <laughs> too deep. Um, I think, like I said, I think I still struggle where there's the reality of a situation and it can cause toxic thoughts, but also within that, there's really truth because of the reality of the situation, if that makes sense. So I guess I struggle with how to accept the reality of the situation and not deny that it's happening, but still make a healthy thought and choice within that. Because some of your, some of your toxic thoughts are true. Does that make sense? It does make sense because, for example, I mean, disease exists. So right. that is true um, as as we know it. It is something that's true. I mean, I'm sitting in my chair right now. These are true things. But where it becomes what I would say toxic is when, when we tell us ourselves something like, um, if we say over and over again, I'm afraid I'm going to get COVID or I'm, I'm, or if it becomes debilitating somehow, if it, if it becomes magnified or if thoughts that are associated with the reality that's very real um, get distorted and are not what God would say to us, would God say COVID is there? Well, I guess he would, um, would, you know, so if I have a situation with an adult child, that's a very real situation that I'm dealing with. There's no, there, there's nothing talking, it's neutral. It's just is what it is. That's the headline news right there. Oh, right. but it's yeah. my response to that and the additional thoughts that I may be thinking. If I have a, an issue with an adult child and then from there I go into attacking, mm -hmm. you know, my identity or um, if it, if, if I take up an offense, let's say, let's say, you know, the kid did something that, that really was hurtful to me. And if I take up that offense and I start stewing about, well, that's not right. You know, he shouldn't have said that to me. I can't believe he did that. That's the reality is that it did happen. Yes. But my response and that dialogue that I'm having around that issue is where it gets, it becomes toxic and we get off base and then if we said that's not fair that's not right by golly look at all that I've done for him and I've I've done this and I just you know the Christmas gift I just got for him and by the way I'm not I'm just using this as an example but um you know I mean maybe historically I would have done that I would have reverted to poor me or self-pity and I would have made it that way and then I live stuck in this and it's very dangerous because if I'm holding a grudge or if I'm holding this offense and I'm not forgiving and I'm not stepping in what God says about that, God might say, yes, that was an unfortunate scenario. Victoria, I love you. I'm so sorry for that. And, but you know, my son was also rejected. My son was also, we can relate. God can, we, we serve a God who can relate with all of our emotions and our feelings and scenarios, but yet this God is also righteous. He's loving and graceful, but he's righteous. And he tells us, you choose the right thing here. You don't hold a grudge. This is how I want you to respond in this scenario. So it's just pulling it apart and saying, this is the reality as I understand it, but how am I going to respond to it in a godly way that brings health and life and wholeness, not just for me, but for 
different for my child in that case. I don't know, does that kind of help a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I think I've got a lot more like probably breaking down of things that I have to do to get to all the <laughs> roots or whatever. I'm not yeah, sure. And you know, it's also the practice of what I can control, what I can't. What is the reality in here and what's not true about it? Maybe you can do a sheet, you know, a piece of paper and make that your journal activity. Uh, this is what I can control. This is what I can't. This is because we can't control COVID, but um, this is what I can control about COVID. I can't control how someone responds to me or how they, re I mean, to a certain extent, I, can't, I have no control over if someone says a hurtful remark, I can't, I can't control that person, that individual, their motives, their whatever they did, I can barely control myself, right? So I can't control that, but here's what I can control. I can control my response to that scenario. And that's where it becomes hopeful and healthy and helpful. And that's where I wanna live. I wanna live there. And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. Be sure to come back in a couple of weeks as we'll hit session four, which is all about the roots that may be driving our emotions and actions. Now, next week, you'll hear a special guest episode with my dear friend, Janiel. She and I talk about her experience from having lost twin boys at birth. Her story will bring you to tears, but it's a banner of God's grace and love. You don't want to miss that. So until then, keep thinking your best thoughts and Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Chao.